0: Code Stonewall on a Poetry Slam, which was, like, so dope. It was the first time that anything like that has ever happened, so it was, like, my debut. Um, and it was, like, some of the best poets in the country, and I made it to final stage um, on my first go-round. And I was like, oh, like, this is cute. Um, but also, like, full disclosure, I was having panic attacks, like, every day there. I was like, this, what is this? You know, and I think it's also looking back like showing like what your path is is for you and you can fight it or you can ride the wave and realizing like i've had all of these moments it's really
1: about me getting out of my own way when it comes to um pursuing this life what's up everybody and welcome to the queerly black show welcome back to another episode of the queerly black show i'm your host ashley i'm joined today by a very special guest you might know her on social media as and she's here but her name is kelsey and we're gonna talk to kelsey today Mm -hmm. tell the people about yourself hey uh,
0: my name is kelsey my pronouns are she and they um and i'm an artist organizer baddie scholar from southeast san diego um and i'm just really passionate about creating spaces for folks to share their story um Creating community, talking shit, um, and really um, being intentional on talking about dreaming as like a real practice that we get to tap back into,
1: especially Black folks. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And we don't get into all that, <laughs> but before we do, here at the Crazy Black Show, we got to get that coming out story. When did you know that you liked ladies, uh, people who identify as other? Uh, when, when when was that exploration process for you? um I think pretty young I
0: questioned the idea of like wait so it's only men and women so I grew up like very much with some religious all the things um I remember questioning like my mom I had a crush on a girl at school and like hearing in church like the Adam and Eve not Adam and Steve thing and I was like that's kind of weird um And then I think um, when my stepfather came to the picture, there was so much other religious things that I thought I was going to hell for Mm -hmm. that like queerness wasn't even like the top five. Um, And then I think when I got to college, like once again, just like honoring and opening myself up to it. And I think I accepted that I was queer and my friends before I ever publicly shared um, until like my late 20s but then it was not like a coming out thing. It's just, I just started calling myself queer and everybody rocked with it. Um, and I told my mom and dad, like pretty close together, kind of just like, this is it. And my dad was like, what does that mean? Cause I said queer instead of bi. I was like, kind of like (laughs) bi. And he was like, all right. And my mom was like, I don't care who you love if it's a woman, like as long as like you're happy. So it's a really interesting thing of like, after years of kind of hearing this rhetoric um, around like anti-queerness, their process, I think, has been interesting to see them come into it and like having to educate them as well, of course, but um I think they are a lot more open later in life than they demonstrated they would be
1: earlier. Yeah, Yeah. no, for sure. For sure. I think, uh, it's, that's, I think uh, that definitely something that most of us experience just being, uh, especially black, you know, um, the church being a pill, a strong pillar of us surviving slavery and kind of, you know, just continuing to be the foundation of everything that we do. Um, talk about the first time that you, uh, i'd say um lived into what to your what to some people you know or actually you you identify as like you know uh the 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 freedom right like to just be like you know what this is me man like this is who i am this is what it is and we going to go with it right cuz i think that process of going from growing up in a religious family to uh, unwinding that and being able to identify with yourself is really hard for people so like mm-hmm. what were some of those things for you like the mindsets of like man I'm just rocking with this
0: I think I always say being aware around queer folks before I even gave myself permission to like actively identify um was liberating right um there's this quote there are two quotes that I was like oh <laughs> um bell hooks has a quote like queer not just being as who you have sex with um but like it's being at odds with society and the world around you right um and then there's another one who i'm going to fuck up his name ocean vong i think um who talked about like queerness being the thing that saved his life right and so i think like being around um some of the folks who became like my really good friends like and seeing like oh like it's not misery it's not the hell that I was promised right um and that there is something beautiful about knowing yourself deeply beyond what the world is handed to you yeah um and it really was just like I don't know I feel like my journey into this was just like an expansion right it wasn't that it was taken away from anything it was like oh I, I identify as queer, like if I have to get into the nuts of it, right? Like bi um yeah. and non-binary womanhood, right? But it's really just about the fact that like all of these things that I was handed that said you have to check a box doesn't serve me. Yeah. Um, and how I move in my life fully is about this idea of I choose what makes sense for me um versus what the world has said made sense. And so um I don't know if to answer your question. I'd
1: be going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, But one thing you did speak about that I want to expand on a little bit is non-binary womanhood. I think mm-hmm. as we navigate into the hetero space, the uh, kind of more politicized places where we have to check boxes, right? A lot of times, um, even in my my day job, you know, there's conversations about, uh, we have employees that identify as non-binary, and, but the structure is set up to be either miss or mister. Right, yeah, um, and so uh, identifying as, you know, she they going into spaces where they is not really categorically acknowledged, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you navigate that, and how did you define that for yourself?
0: I think it was once again, kind of just seeing like mirrors, actually, um, on Facebook, I got invited into this group, and it was like magical fat black fans, right, that a friend invited me to, and just kind of seeing how folks for the first time in even in this like virtual space people identifying like beyond you know like you said like just Mm -hmm. this box and that box um and I think kind of similar to like queerness in terms of sexuality realizing like there are some things I was handed that don't resonate with me right and I always said even before I kind of came into the idea of calling myself non-binary femme, non-binary woman, like I woman differently than the woman who raised me and, you know, who, yeah. who womaned me into being right. And I can honor, i I honor like womanhood. Um, I honor all of these things. And I also know that like, there are, like, I always say, like, I'm a woman, but I don't believe in being a lady. Right. In this like very intentional construct of like what it has to look like, um, and so that was kind of like just my coming into understanding like, oh, I don't have to check these boxes that don't serve me. Um, and I don't have to choose choose to lean all into one thing because I don't check into the other. That makes yeah. sense. Um, and so, yeah, it's actually funny. I did a a pride event for my friend's job last month and we were talking a little bit about i wrote a piece uh, about like coming out looks like coming into the liberation i always deserved and it was more of that like of i feel like i invited people into this internal conversation i've been having for a while about renegotiating what life looked like for me on my own terms and so um that's really kind of what it looks like and i feel like i As I come into different layers, I just start, you know, kind of speaking them out loud and like allowing myself to see what feels right for me.
1: You start talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) When did that become a part of your uh kind of along with just poetry and expression um as a defined thing, like this what we do, you know? Like what 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 when was that for you?
0: I think it's been a journey of just And like, so this is where the, the overlap of like all these identities like shared, show up together. And I think of like the, the arc of my twenties of, of going through a lot of shit with family and, and mental health and coming into myself and coming as a poet, um, and realizing like the words I speak over myself matter, like telling my story, how I tell it matters. Right. Um, and i think it just started permeating in different parts of my life and learning to like not just um love and accept my body but being in my body right learning to be in my story um in wherever life has taken me and understanding that shame isn't something i have to i grew up with so much shame because of like the life that i came through right like um and especially in this like very religiously toxic like Environment, like thinking like I have to compartmentalize pieces of myself and I have yeah. to stuff parts of me down. And when I started to realize like, no, that is like a tool to control me, like it started showing up in freedom in all these other ways,
1: yeah um, yeah, and you' your I mean, when you to shift to your artwork, you talk about everything. do you be yeah. your first poem?. Ooh.
0: I think the first, like, I've always written, but I I think, like, the first poems that I feel like I remember writing was in 10th grade. We had, like, a poetry unit with my teacher, Miss Larkin. Shout out to her. She's my fave still, Um, and we had to write, like, a bunch of different poems, and the one that, like, I, like, performed everywhere after I wrote it was like the stereotype poem (laughs) and looking back I'm like "Mm, there's some problematic respectability pieces but I see where you're going babes like (laughs) (laughs) but it was like you know when you look at me you assume all these different things about me and this is actually who I am and it's funny that that was the first piece that like like I said like carried me I performed at open mics and like even like when I got to college um and I think it speaks to the power of just like writing, be a medium for me to speak over myself, even when I don't always feel present in it. I yeah. feel like it's this opportunity for me to remember you are who you say you are, even if you don't feel it. Yeah. Um, And one of the first poems I remember reciting to myself, that wasn't my poems was a phenomenal woman by Maya Angelou. Of course. And so I it's see. like, that's the legacy, you know, yeah. of of art that I come from is this, ability to speak yourself into being, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. What kind of freedom does it give you to write freely through, um, you know, your poetry?
0: I think it really, it's funny. I just did a workshop this weekend, um, about writing as a way to time travel, um, with yourself, right? And, and leave messages, uh like there's the concept uh a dinka concept of sankofa which means like yeah. go back and get it um it's not wrong to go back and get what's at risk of being lost and what has my writing journey like you know like I'm known for doing spoken word and poetry performance poetry but especially during the pandemic has been these like really like dreamy internal messages to myself more than I think I ever have before and it's been a way the liberation practice of being able to say like, hey, but you make it, you survive. Like, you know, these are the things that are important even when it feels like it's crazy all around you. Um, And I think that's been really important for me, like being able to use my writing, not just to inspire others, but to give to myself intentionally. Yeah, yeah.
1: What's been your journey as a full-time poet? Right. Cause I think in the creative space, especially, um, I think there are a lot of people who aspire to to do that, right? Like to to take and be able to be, you know, full time creators in whatever their art is. Um, what's that journey been for you? Like, do you remember the first like big moment that you had where you were like, Oh, we really out here? You know, like what what are some of those highlights that you've had throughout your journey that have made you just be like, you know what? Like we we really about to do this. Um so the first piece is, uh, my journey into being a
0: full-time creative came through, uh, trauma, like like the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and my job was on some fuckery. We're not gonna go into too many details, Mm -hmm. but it was just like, (laughs) like a lot of people, you know, they wanted me to come back into the office. I was like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I want me to compromise all these things. And so it kind of like transitioned into like by the grace of God everybody holding me upstairs um I was able to like get unemployment be able to like secure um gigs you know during the pandemic Mm -hmm. doing like workshops and performances and things like that um and it's kind of just haven't stopped and I've been able to um secure like grants and all this other stuff but it's really been a journey it's it's um I feel really confident that like, it's, it's only going to keep increasing. One of the things that like, like, oh, like this can be a thing is I, um, went to my very first slam festival. So there's like poetry slams for folks who don't know, like, it's like a competition, like, it's like a sport for poetry. Yeah. uh Um, and so, um, I did it like a little bit, like before the pandemic, like, but never like really full out, right, but I went to, like, a festival in Baltimore with, like, some of the best poets in the world, it was actually my first festival, was a queer festival called Stonewall International Poetry Slam, which was, like, so dope, it was the first time that anything like that has ever happened, so it was, like, my debut, um, and it was, like, some of the best poets in the country, and I made it to final stage, um, on my first go-round, and I was, like, like this is cute um but also like full disclosure I was having panic attacks like every day there I was like this what is this you know and Mm -hmm. I think it's also looking back like showing like what your path is is for you and you can fight it or you can ride the wave and realizing like I've had all of these moments it's really about me getting out of my own way when it comes to um pursuing this life because and realizing that my shit resonates outside of just me in my mirror like you know like yeah um and that was kind of the the trajectory I've been able to open for Rupi Kaur who's like a really uh popular poet she was on her world tour and when she came to San Diego I got to open for her and it was beautiful like being on such a big stage in my hometown and knowing like this is what I want to be able to do Um, these are the type of experiences I want to be able to create for people to see
1: themselves um yeah I love that no I love that all right we're gonna shift gears a little bit you're gonna get in your business just a little bit (laughs) okie dokie talk about your dating life (laughs) what's going on
0: um what's going on is (laughs) i was gonna say nothing but that's not true I mean it's really just I'm in a space of
1: giving myself permission trying to make it official. Yeah,
0: no, like, <laughs> it's more about giving myself permission to yeah. to get back out there. I had like mm-hmm. a really interestingly, I was gonna say, interestingly toxic uh, <laughs> moment during the pandemic, and I think like reminded myself that the world is not just that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, giving myself permission to like, I feel like we're finally in the well, pandemics still exist. I'm not going to minimize that. But in this like outsideness. Yeah. Um, and so I'm allowing myself to just like float. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, you know, be present.
1: I'll, I'll say that. That's mm-hmm. very vague. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but be- What's the type? Somebody single out there. Describe, describe your person. Uh, my person is funny, Interesting um I
0: say that because I think as somebody who's very has a lot of dreams and ambitions like dating someone who is also like on that and um making the commitment to not be like oh that's what's up person like you know if I'm talking about my dreams like you got something else to contribute um oh that's what's up (laughs) right like you know I'm never gonna say that again (laughs) no no listen like there's nothing wrong with it but it's just like you know like Oh, that's what's up. You don't have nothing else to volley back. Like, you you know, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, Black, uh, I'm, you know, open to all gender identities, uh, more into mask of center folks, but I also, you know, day femmes. Interesting, funny, creative. Uh, they don't have to do the exact same thing as me, but like having some type of outlet and practice mm-hmm. and doing their healing work, their shadow work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Say that again. Their shadow work. Uh, yes. Because I think it's it's something that's really important. And I think it doesn't have to just look like going to therapy, yeah. like therapy is important, but like being aware of where your triggers are, being able to vocalize um, what your your needs are. Um, you know, like that's something that's, I feel like what I've been doing, <laughs> um, especially yeah. I think over the pandemic, we all had the time to sit with ourselves
1: percent, um,
0: and should be like brought to the surface. And so that's something that I am, I'm passionate about the people that I'm in relationship with in general, romantic or platonic, that we are
1: all kind of doing that thing. No, I am a proponent of self-work healing, being able to be in touch with yourself, your feelings. All of that because you know, especially, especially in relationship, you know, I'm over 30. Um, 32 to be exact, I'll be 33 September. Um, I oh, think when your birthday September 5th. Oh, I'm fourth. Come oh, on, birthday. Nice. Oh, Beyonce. okay, all right now. Um I think that in seeing relationships unfold, being in a, a long-term relationship myself, um, there's a lot that goes on, um, both in life and relationship and all of that. And I think the more in tune and in touch with yourself you are, the better you can navigate all the things that come along with it, especially when you start adding marriage, kids and all the things and complications, jobs, something like COVID and, you know, all of that. I think it just reveals how much is still under there and uh, how much is not, is is still yet left to be desired and discovered by many people. So advocating for people to go do that self-work for sure um cool man so before we get out of here we're gonna play a quick game or this or that okay so you ready to go yes let's do it sports bra or underwater bra uh sports bra laundry or cooking cooking day at the spa or watching sports all day spa <laughs> <laughs> she's like girl i couldn't tell you a basketball player <laughs> short hair or long hair for me or others everybody asks everybody oh. always asks me that too like i, I, I or <laughs> you can answer for both for yourself and then for your like if you were dating a person like what you would want them to have
0: uh short for me um i don't know it could be short long for dreads. Too. look long dreads. Well, look, okay, <laughs> sure. long long if they dreads yes.
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh lipstick or lip gloss lipstick sports car or big truck big truck big wedding or small ceremony small ceremony big reception bone party stay <laughs> up late or sleep in sleep in iron well, no. or yeah sleep. stay up late okay I... yes yeah got you yeah <laughs> it's kind of the same because if you stand up late you sleep it in but yeah um iron or redry it you said iron or what redry it Put it back um, in the dryer to get the wrinkles out. Oh, re-dry it. Uh, pay or have her pay. You big daddy, or you? <laughs> um,
0: I was like, "What's the most? Have them pay."
1: <laughs> Pillow princess, or I'm on top. Hello, why we in it? In hey. There? <laughs> <laughs> I throw everybody off with that one. I appreciate your your uh, participation. <laughs> Thank you. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, they can
0: find me at Anshe's here underscore on Instagram, Twitter. Was spill? I'm gonna be on there eventually. Yeah. Um, and you can find my website kelseyshere yeah i'll be awesome. on
1: the internet. yeah thank you so much and I'm, i'll put all your information um when the episode comes out i'll put it all in the bio and everything so people can contact you reach out connect um thank you thank you thank you so much kelsey for coming on sharing your story really appreciate all the gems you dropped y'all go check her out super dope poet um and yeah man y'all already know it's another episode of queerly black show i'm your host ashley i'll catch y'all on the next one peace <laughs>